Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And today um, we are discussing critical race theory. And what's the big deal with my guest, Dixon White? Uh, I must say that the response online when I dropped this topic that we were going to be discussing critical race theory uh, has been one of great interest. And so I hope that uh, you out there in the listening audience are able to be served up with the information that you so desperately seek. And so I'm excited that you're excited. And um, so let me tell you just a little bit uh, about the what we're going to explore today as far as critical race theory. Number one, what is critical race theory? What is the big deal surrounding critical race theory? And lastly, what are people afraid of? Okay, my guest today is no stranger to Bill Myers Inspires. In fact, he was my very first guest when I started this show, and I am honored to have him here with me once again. Dixon D. White is an anti-racist video blogger, activist, actor, and essayist. Dixon was raised as a racist in the Deep South, but learned to reject his white supremacist programming because of his personal life experiences um, and a roommate that he happened to have in college who was a black man and who is to this day Dixon's best friend and uh, he he is attributed with uh, Dixon's uh, coming of coming out of that uh, racist fog so his videos Dixon has numerous videos and they can be found on his YouTube channel as well as you can come across them on Facebook and Instagram and so on Dixon is uh, a friend of mine, I'm proud to say, and I want to welcome him at this time. Dixon, welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Bill, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Man, I'm doing okay. Uh, the bigger question is, how are you doing? I know that you've had some health challenges uh, that I've been tracking on, um, on online, and I've reached out to you a few times, so I know that there are people that, are, uh, that care about you and are concerned, so would you give us an update on your health status? Yeah, you know, I started getting shortness of breath uh, on exertion, I guess, uh, a few months back, and I started going to doctors and doctors, and I, I wound up firing about four cardiologists, because I just, I don't, I guess I have issues with some doctors, but finally, I found a good cardiologist, and I found out basically, long story short, I have pulmonary hypertension, so um, I've got to really work on my health, um, so a lot of stuff involved in it. But I've been making progress, losing weight, and so um, feeling better, feeling better. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that you had mentioned that you had um, had uh, stopped uh, with your insulin, and you were talking about the effects of that. And uh, so, you know, um, and how you what you've lost what over thirty pounds now or something? That's that's incredible. yeah, I lost thirty pounds in a month. I've been doing intermediate uh, fasting, uh -huh. and. Um, 
the insulin was a, a shock to me. I've been taking insulin God, almost 20 years now. And uh -huh. this cardiologist that I have is amazing. He's really great. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. very blessed to have him. But he told me that insulin for type two, not type one, but type two diabetics can cause heart trouble and also can hurt your arteries. In 20 years, nobody ever told me that. He also wow. told me, which I knew, it's extremely hard to lose weight when you're on insulin because it stores fat. But anyhow, a lot of things medically going on, but I, nobody ever told me that um, mm -hmm. about insulin. And I wish somebody had have told me that. And nine out of 10 doctors won't tell you that. Right, right. But, but insulin is bad for your heart and your arteries. But anyhow, that's another story. Yeah. Well, man, I'm just glad that you are upright and sucking air and able to share this right. conversation today, man. Thank you. So let, let's get to it. First of all, um, I know when I had shared the post about the show that you reshared it onto your uh, Dixon Post uh, Facebook page, I believe. And just this this morning, I came across a comment uh, regarding the post and your appearance and, and us discussing critical race theory. And I just want to start off with this because I think it is very interesting and I think it's a place that we can start from and, and perhaps a place we wind up landing. And it was from a gentleman named Kyle uh, Deadman, D-E-A-D-M-O-N. And what he said was, why are y'all discussing it as a theory? Slavery, Jim Crow, crooked judicial system and murder of many African-Americans actually happened. So I just want to put that in the in, in our thoughts um, as we move forward. But um, that one struck me and I thought it, 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 it bears mentioning because I'm sure that there are more than just that gentleman who feel very much the same way about this. So the first thing I think I want to explore is the idea of the title, which is challenging, which is critical race theory, critical race theory. So I thought for us to, to, to uh, get an understanding and, and to really facilitate a conversation, I do think he's onto something, which is the first point. Let's address this idea of theory. And so I want to now share with you some information, and this comes to us from uh, LiveScience.com. And the question that I posed was, what is the difference between facts and theories? And here's the explanation. Facts and theories are two different things. In the scientific method, there is a clear distinction between facts, which can be observed and or measured, and theories, which are scientists' explanation and interpretation of the facts. So facts are facts. And in order to have a theory, you must first have facts. The theory is the story or the narrative that you sort of come up with to support, again, the facts. And I think this is really critically important for us to understand because when you hear this critical race theory, again, even my own personal response was somewhat of a knee jerk, like, what do you mean theory? This stuff is real, you know? So yeah. I wanted to start with that because I think it's really important that we understand. Now, I, if you will indulge me, I would like to get into a, uh, a little uh, narrative and it's, it's got a little bit of length, but I think it will help us facilitate the conversation as we move forward. 
which is comes to us from uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica, believe it or not, online. And it is on critical race theory. And it states, critical race theory, in, an intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but a socially constructed or culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theorists hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African-Americans. Critical race theory was officially organized in 1989 at the first annual workshop on the critical race theory, though its intellectual origins go back much farther to the 60s and 70s. Its immediate precursor was the critical legal studies or CLS movement, which dedicated itself to examining how the law and legal institutions serve the interests of the wealthy and powerful at the expense of the poor and marginalized. CLS is an offshoot of Marxist-oriented critical theory and may also be viewed as a radicalization of early 20th century legal realism and a school of legal philosophy according to which judicial decision-making, especially at the appellate level, is influenced as much by non-legal, political, or ideological factors as by precedent and principles of legal reasoning. Like CLS scholars, critical race theorists believe that political liberalism was incapable of adequately addressing fundamental problems of injustice in American society. Notwithstanding legislation and court rulings advancing civil rights in the 50s and 60s, because it emphasizes on the equitable treatment under the law of all races or color blindness, it rendered it incapable of recognizing only the most overt and obvious racist practices, not those that were relatively indirect, subtle, or systemic. So I, I just want to leave it there for now. I, I mean, I've got more to share on that, and we will do that as the as we move forward into this conversation. So what we just learned about this idea of theory is uh, and, and and facts is that a theory is something that has to first be preceded by facts, things that we know, things that are known to be true. And so <clears throat> what we know to be true is that Black people were brought to America enslaved. What we know to be true is that the Constitution uh, dishonored Black people and did not recognize them as um, full human beings. In fact, they were three-fifths, and they were also uh, reduced to being property. And so we do know that. We do know that there was segregation. We do know that people were lynched. We do know that it was a long time before Black people had the right to vote in this country. We do know. So I think that it's really important for us to acknowledge the facts, because the facts have to be 
recognized and, and acknowledged first before you can even come up with a theory. Okay, so that that's the first thing I want to talk about. So so Dixon, now that I've said all that, I just want to now open up and get your thoughts either uh, on what I was just stating um, to, to kind of get us out of the gate. Um, well, you know, I have a feeling that with with white America and American history and our culture of um, of trying to protect white supremacy, of trying to protect racism, and I, and I mean that literally. I, I personally believe the majority of white people have been programmed and indoctrinated to protect racism and to protect their culture and their system of white supremacy. I believe that's that's what we do. Um, so I think that it might be hard to even pass something that's 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 characterized as anti-racist or characterized as truth. So perhaps to get it past these highly fragile, defensive white folks that are already screaming in the schools about critical race theory, to get it past them, you have to add that word theory because society, American white society has never accepted our racism as a reality. And what we're great at is obscuring it, denying it, avoiding it, and ignoring it. That's what my white culture does. And that's what I've been trying to educate white people about and trying to, you know, do do my part as a white person to try to reach out to white America. But so maybe that's why they have to use terms like theory. Um, when, if you're honest, we all know that these truths are real, that this is a reality and it always has been, but our society perhaps is not ready to accept it. That's kind of my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we, we were we we briefly were, uh, you know, before, before the show started, we were having a conversation in reference Shakespeare. And for some reason now a, a a Shakespeare idea has crept across, you know, my my brain about this. And I believe that it is important for us to to, again, understand that we're dealing with facts and then we are creating a narrative to explain the facts right, right. so um i think that the absence which i believe to be intentional of the history and contribution of black people in america that has been omitted from our history books. And um, so that level of indoctrination, whitewashing, however we want to call it, it, it then gives this idea, the pushback is, is that because what we are talking about is the actual history and bringing in the pieces and the narratives that factually occurred and uh, I think the pushback is because it, that reality seems to be unreal because the reality we've been, you know, indoctrinated into supports the idea of the white sort of hero and white superiority and the white uh, intellectual thing, as opposed to the actual truth, which is the concept of universities and things like this originated in Africa. The concept of many of, of these very advanced thinkers um, were, were, uh, 
were brought to and, and attributed oftentimes to the Greeks. But the Greeks were actually in Africa peeling back and, and acquiring actual information from Africans. Um, so I, again, these are these are facts. These are the types of things that have been omitted. So therefore, when you take away that level of uh, advanced thinking, uh, intellectualism, uh, those systems that were designed, and you start to attribute all those to or discredit the actual origins of those things and bring those to the credit of white people, then it looks like white people were the masterminds of all of civilization, which runs in contrast to the actual facts, which is white people are black people without melanin. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So it, I don't know. It's, it's just very interesting to, to me. Um, so, you know, this is, this is a, on one hand, it's a tough conversation, but on the other hand, it really is a very simple conversation. And I think we are convoluting it um, and taking sides with it because what you're saying does not equal what my history book has always said. So therefore, we don't want you polluting the education that we gave people from these history books um, because it clearly is not in sync. So we don't want that their, uh, you know, education or minds to be screwed up by this crazy stuff you're talking about. And is it the crazy stuff or is it actual facts? Uh, you know, so anyway, Dixon, weigh in, man. I'm, I'm, I'm grappling with this and, and uh, trying to make sense of it myself. So what say you? Yeah, we, we all have been, man. You know, Trump tried to introduce or tried to to eliminate CRT when he was in office. And then Biden recently, I think back in April, brought it back. And um, it's, it's critical. I, I believe critical race theory is critical uh, if we're ever going to work towards dismantling our white supremacist culture and system. I believe it's critically important to teach our children the truth because our children, and this is why our country has always been so racist because we've all been programmed and indoctrinated to protect our racism as white people. So there needs to be a deprogramming. And if there's not, we're doomed to perpetuate it and keep it going. So this, in my view, this is the only way from what I can see, my limited view or whatever, that we're going to actually do some healing and some dismantling of the, the racist system that we live in is to teach because culturally it's not happening. So we have to step in and teach the truth. But yeah, like, like you said, uh, there's two realities in America and it's always been that way. Uh, we've always had the black experience, which is, you know, and sadly involves racial injustice. And then we've had the white experience, which involves privilege and um, entitlement, arrogance and narcissism from a racial point of view. And lies, the whole entire, it's a revisionist history, the whole entire educational system when it comes to race is based on lies. It's not based on reality. We have uh, Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill, one of the most racist men in world history that ever walked the face of the earth. And it, and it really pisses me off. And, and we shouldn't have this man on the $20 bill. You can go to Nashville right now where I'm from 
There's a place called the Hermitage, and they celebrate Andrew Jackson as this great heroic figure. And you can read the reviews at the Hermitage right now where white people are there. Oh, he was such a wonderful man, and the Hermitage is such a wonderful place. But he was a, a, a man who, you know, did the Trill of Tears, and he sold plantations after plantations after plantations all over the South so that he could keep slavery and enslavement going. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, he, he was a bona fide racist and he's celebrated as a hero. And that's a, that's a powerful statement about who we are as a country and especially about white America, because they accept these things. They don't yeah. reject it. They accept it. So, you know, we have such a long ways to go, man. But uh, yeah. I believe that getting CRT into our school systems and into the truth to combat all the lies is vital for American future. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, man, this is this is a robust conversation, and I'm grateful to have you here as we talk about critical race theory and what's the big deal. Uh, you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires with my guest today, Mr. Dixon White, and we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back, and you're listening to Bill Myers Inspires uh, with my guest today, Dixon White, as we discuss critical race theory, what's the big deal? 
And on that, as you see me sort of, you know, uh, looking around and whatnot, I'm actually consulting with my iPhone because uh, this topic is that fresh. There's stuff being discussed moment to moment on this. And I would like to share something that may shed some light on this. And this is a piece uh, that is from CNN. And it was July 8th, 2021. And it's dealing with this uh, critical race theory thing. And it says, Keziah Ridgway says she's the only teacher she knows in Philadelphia who teaches critical race theory in public high school. And she teaches it in her anthropology class as one framework among many to understand human cultures. But she also teaches African-American history. And that's what she thinks the frenzy over critical race theory is really all about. Quote, critical race theory is a lens, right? It's not being taught in schools, Ridgway says. It's a theory for understanding the interaction of race and the law and is mostly taught in graduate school, not elementary school. But conservatives using the phrase to mean any instruction about the role of race in America, past or present. The explicit message is that such instruction puts white people in danger of being blamed for their ancestors' crimes. Its undercurrent is that it could bring attention to the ways that white people today continue to benefit from racism. Quote, can CRT influence the way that some teachers teach? Yeah, Ridgway says, but that's a good thing, right? Because race and racism are literally the building blocks of this country. So how can you not talk about it? In the wake of protests over the George Floyd uh, incident, Republican politicians have been hyping critical race theory as a threat to the impressionable minds of Americans' children. In more than a dozen states, legislators have proposed bills to ban CRT. In May, Oklahoma teachers were banned from teaching that, quote, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. On September 1st, a Texas law goes into effect that bans teaching that, quote, slavery and racism are anything other than deviations from or betrayals of or failures to live up to the authentic founding principles of the United States. Again, I'm bringing that up because this is the debate. This is the craziness that's going on. And do you suppose that this has to do with white fragility? I um, ask you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course it does. Um, yeah, white delusion, white fragility. Um, you know, you you can have study after study after study after statistic after statistic of racial disparities and all those facts. You can put it in front of many white people, and you can prove to them scientifically racial injustice is a reality. And they will look at you in your face and call you a liar based on nothing. This is the type of defensiveness that mm -hmm. white people, that my people have. And it's, um, it's a collective. It's a majority. It's not just a few. And it's not just Republicans and conservatives. It's, it's the majority of white people, liberal, Democrat, it doesn't matter. 
white people are defensive. And right now, white people are screaming about CRT and trying to get it out of their schools because they don't want the truth to be taught to their kids because we've all been programmed to hide from racial reality as white people. We've all been taught that great lie that at no matter what cost, you cannot acknowledge the truth. You, you could, you could, in my opinion, you could set 10 white people down just randomly from across America and ask them to acknowledge white privilege. How many do you think would actually acknowledge it without a butt in it? Not many. Wow. Not many at all. And that that's my view. And and and, and that's it's a sad state of affairs, but that's why I say it's critical that we get some truth into the children so that perhaps the next generation can have a chance at living in reality and working on this problem that we have. Yeah. Of, of racial injustice and the system and culture of white supremacy that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, again, uh, you know, other thoughts that I have as far as the notion of superiority and all this sort of thing is and and majority and minority, you know, when I when I say something that uh, is a truth, but I'm sure disturbs a lot of white people, which is simply this. Number one, white people have always been a minority on the planet Earth. Never were the majority ever. That's a numbers thing. That's a quantifier, a qualifier. And there's no fact that ever suggested that the majority of human beings on the planet, when you look at India, Africa, China, anywhere, Mexico, Spain, anywhere you go, are people of color. <laughs> and so just the sheer numbers game suggests that this notion of superiority was born out of a maybe an inferiority or or a need to psychologically or by force uh colonization or, or what have you yeah you know to assert and the only way to do that to 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 push yourself up is to push somebody else down <laughs> and get yep. people to believe it um so again I, I throw that out for more more debate. Is there a challenge on the table, Mr. Dixon, to that? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, of course, it's true. And, you know, we all know that uh, the first people on Earth came out of Africa. They were black. So white people are a mutation of black people. But, you know, my thing is black people um, developed a greedy culture, uh, an elitist culture and a racist culture and an aristocratic culture. And they decided they wanted to colonize and they decided to become a bunch of narcissists. White people are largely have the mentality and white people hate me to say this, but we do, uh, we have, we're colonizers. This is our culture. This is our mentality. This is our mindset. This is what we do. And this is why, because 500 years of a colonization culture has taught us to protect the lies of white supremacy at all costs. And that's exactly why white people today are screaming in the school systems saying, don't teach the truth to my kids about race. We've got to keep that lie going. They're not saying that actually, but that's actually what they're saying. Yeah. They're saying we're not, we don't want the truth taught to our kids. Why would we? We're trying to spread the lie of white supremacy. We're trying to deny the racial injustice and all the, the truths and historically and socially, economically, and, and in every way, you know, uh, the criminal justice system. They don't want to hear about that. Mm -hmm. No, in, 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 in a lot of Americans' minds, when George Floyd was killed, it was somehow justified, sadly. 
I mean, not not all, but there, there's I've heard white people say these things. I heard it actually just today. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a sad state. It's a sad commentary on our humanity, man. Uh, it really is. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, that's very disturbing when people uh, uh, work so hard to create narratives to justify uh, man's inhumanity to man and just straight up cruelty and uh and they work very hard bill yeah they work very hard at it and they always have yeah well i want to share share a bit of something with you you made a statement a a a, 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 a few moments ago and you you were talking about white people and you you sort of laid claim and said you know my people whatever well i i just want to jump in here so we understand the difficulty and, and all that and that is I come from, you know, 50% of my family's white. So I too share in, in, in many of those things uh, as it relates to um, even just those, those levels of understanding and where those differences lie, not in somebody else and across the street, but also in my family as well. So uh, because we all were educated in the American system and there's still black people in my family and there's still white people and there's still people who have feelings about that. Pro and con. So, um, and these are the things that I, and the reason that I feel compelled to openly discuss these types of topics, because I'm not immune or exempt from these things too, because I too was educated in America. I too have that influence in my family as well. So I, um, but I am willing to, to uh, search and try to uh, identify those things that are true. The things that are true is I love my family, both the good, bad, and the ugly. The good and bad, ugly live within my family. The good, bad, ugly live within me. So I just want to go ahead and accept 100% responsibility for my bad days and my bad behavior. Um, I want to share a little story, and this was this is I did not realize I was going to go here, but I just want to share an example of my own pathway. And I was in third grade and a very dear friend of mine who we were fierce competitors academically. It was like, who's the top guy in class? You know what I mean? Who we were really trying to outperform each other. And I love him dearly. And I remember one day we were, we were third grade and we were, he, he kind of may have gotten under my skin with a na 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 na, you know, I, you know, I, I beat you today sort of thing or something. And it, it really unnerved me and I did not, I felt like I had to get him and I didn't really know, but I just, I have to get him. I got to strike him down some kind of way. And I remember saying something to the effect of, you know, uh, blah, 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 you Jew. And I remember that our school, our, our classroom teacher was an African, older African-American lady who immediately grabbed me by the arm and dragged me into the hallway and slammed me against the wall and said, don't you ever say that again. Dude, I have, that is one of the things in my life that I regret to this day. I couldn't take it back, but I have always regretted that moment that I actually thought, I didn't really understand what Jew was. I just knew whatever it was, it could hurt him. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't have any knowledge about, you know, but I knew I wanted to hurt him because he kind of one up me and kind of, you know, uh, pissed me off or something. And I thought I'm going to get him. And to this day, 
That is one of the biggest regrets I have in my life is when I turned around and weaponized his culture, weaponized some language that I didn't even really know, which is oftentimes, you know, when we just sort of flip out the word, you know, nigger or whatever. I, you know, I don't know that we really are fully embracing the real implications of what we're saying, but we are doing it to weaponize people do it with the Bible, you know, all of a sudden beat you down with this thing. Um, so weaponized language. Well, you'd, you'd been, you know, Bill, sadly, you'd been taught that. Yeah. Just things you had heard that you had seen that somehow you had learned that you were a kid. You yeah. know what I mean? So you shouldn't feel bad. You were a child that that was under that had been indoctrinated into this, you know, racist ideology. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't come from any, you know, no one ever taught me, you know, uh, you know, anything about, you know, sort of being you know, anti-Semite or something. And that, somewhere. That, yeah. No clue, you know. Yeah. Um, I just knew I wanted to get him. And boy, I reached in that bag and I grabbed the wrong tool and said the wrong thing. And to this See, day- even, I, even as a kid, even as a kid, you had been taught racism. Yeah. Even as a child. And you don't even know how, but but you had. And, and of course I was too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I still look forward to the day that I can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this, gentlemen and say those those big two words man i am sorry you know i'm <laughs> sorry and uh so but yeah so we're all capable of getting out of line and i guess that was my point is to suggest that when we have these conversations i am not immune and and i think i've got to put myself in say you know i've had those bad days or had moments that were awful and i was the the author of that bad moment and um, and I wish that we all could get to a point where we can accept and love on the aspects of our ugly as well and, and move towards the forgiveness of that so we can move forward as opposed to being in denial about it and unwilling to accept the pain and the hurt that I caused. And, and I'm imagining that the pain and hurt that I caused probably was was most painful to myself more than it was even to him because it has haunted me for 50 years wow. <laughs> that, that statement and the fact that you need to pause before you open your mouth and really consider what you're about to say the idea of being impeccable with your voice because words have power words mm -hmm. have tremendous power and uh so Anyway, I just wanted to, to, to get that out. So now that I've gotten that out, I can tell you that I'm as flawed as the next guy. But <laughs> I am seeking truth. And that is something I desire to do. And um, as we sort of navigate this messy, you know, up is down, down is up, alternative reality craziness that's trying to be shoved down your throat. Well, I don't know about you, Dixon, but I reject it. I'm closing my mouth to it. You can't shove it down my throat. Um, BS is BS. And, uh, and I know that you guys are having trouble with reality. That's why you're trying to create another one. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but there's much too much in, in the, uh, in the history and the trail here before we can, uh, can allow you to step out of line. And, you know, again, maybe that's why we're looking at, 
at Mars right now because there's probably folks that are trying to leave this here planet <laughs> and exist somewhere else, you know. And I just wonder what the pecking order is there when when uh, we get to pick and choose who we may take with us and who we may leave behind for the, uh, you know. Anyway, this deep stuff, man. I I appreciate this dialogue, Dixon, and I do think it's important that we continue to to claw at this thing and try to seek a better understanding so that we can get closer and closer together and and recognize uh, our common bonds and our our dependency on one another as human beings. And uh, so anyway, we're going to take a break right now and we will be back. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. And my guest today is Mr. Dixon D. White, and we're discussing critical race theory and What's the big deal? We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires with my guest today, Mr. Dixon D. White, and we're discussing critical race theory, what's the big deal? So, Dixon, I've been combing through my my phone trying to find this one piece that I came across um, just yesterday regarding this, or actually, no, it was a couple days ago, July 7th, 2021. And the title of it is One of the Largest Teachers Unions Will Defend Educators who teach honest history. And this comes from CNN. 
And it says, as some states move toward banning critical race theory from public schools, the president of the second largest teachers union in the country has vowed to defend teachers against any backlash. She says, mark my words, our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, told members Tuesday in a virtual address at the union's TEACH conference. Quote, teaching the truth is not radical or wrong, Weingarten added. The union's president said that the organization has a legal defense fund and is prepared, is preparing for litigation. Her remarks come as a debate over critical race theory in schools has intensified in recent months. Republican lawmakers argue the area of study is based on Marxism and is a threat to the American way of life. <laughs> but critical race theory, according to scholars who study it, explores the ways in which the history of inequality and racism in the United States has continued to impact American society today. Legislators in more than a dozen states have proposed bills to ban critical race theory, and some states already have banned educators from teaching it. Oklahoma teachers were banned in May from teaching that an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive. Meanwhile, in Texas, a law going into effect on September 1st is set to ban educators from teaching that slavery and racism are anything other than deviations from, betrayals of, or failures to live up to the authentic founding principles of the United States. So I'm encouraged to know that the, the president of the second largest teachers union in the country, who is a white female, is willing to take a stand and says, no, history is history, and we will be teaching it in this school system, and we're willing to defend it legally and everything else. So again, I, I just wanted to share that because there is encouraging news that there are some people who are unwilling to buckle under the political pressures and, and all that sort of stuff, who are, are unwilling to accept crazy as, as what normal is or whatever, uh, are pushing back and understand that education is education and it's needed for us to convey truth in order to properly educate. So again, um, I just wanted to share that because I, I know that I'd come across that in the last you know, a couple of days. And I said, man, I've got to put that out there so that while there are so many challenges that, and, and people that are effectively banning and putting these things, that there also are folks who are willing to fight and fight like hell. God, yeah, thank God. Yeah. So, so, man, so what do you think, Dixon? I mean, what have you observed when you look online and sort of see through your eyes, through your lenses, the conversation around CRT. Um, I mean, what are your observations, again, beyond the scope of this conversation, but in just what you've seen around, maybe even feedback you've received from, you know, on Facebook or, you know, replies or, or, or you know, any sort of comments that you received? You know, again, you have those two realities. You have the, the black and white, you know, realities. Uh, you have white people on one side. I saw before actually today a youtube video these two white guys talking about how that as i've heard this conversation many times before from white people how that anti-racism is really racism 
So if you say that white privilege is real or that um, racial injustice is real or that all the racial disparities is real. Um, actually, let me read you something today. This is what okay. most white people will tell you. This is what they this is what they don't want their children to know. From 2013 to 2017, white patients in the U.S. received better quality health care than about 34% of Hispanics, 40% of Black patients, and 40% of Native American patients. Um, another one, what white people fear their children knowing. Black women are three to four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than white women, even at a similar level of income and education. Um, another one, Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. And once convicted, they're more likely to experience lengthy, lengthy prison systems. Uh, last one, black Americans and white Americans use drugs at similar rates, but black Americans are six times more likely to be arrested for it. I'm sorry, I got one more. On average, black men in the US receive sentences that are 19% longer than those of white men convicted for the same crimes. So these are the facts. These are, these are actual studies. These are truths simple racial disparities that are happening in our society today, but white people and, and some Americans want to hide it from their children and from you know the educational system. That, that's where we're at. And wow. that's why I say it's critical that we get it into our, our school system and into our, the hearts and minds of, of children to combat, yeah. to deprogram the programming. Right. And there seems to be a push again, the, this idea of rejecting the idea of systemic racism. And then we have to ask, well, what are the systems and <laughs> what, you know, or we have to at least ask the questions. If those are the facts that you just mentioned and just some of them, um, I mean, just uh, touching. There's not barely. to mention all, all that, like you said, all the contributions that's not being acknowledged from, from black and brown people, indigenous people, you know, from all over the world. It's all whitewashed. Like you said, you know, it tends to be whitewashed. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if those are all facts and are the case, then we ask the question, why, why is that the case? Are we to suggest that, you know, black people are just, or, or people of color are just inferior? I, I mean, that, that that's really, I mean, in order to have superiority, you have to have inferiority. So is that, just simply this this idea or narrative, which is, of course, completely bogus. But the underpinning of these understandings and these these rationalizations and these challenges, the underpinning is do people really hold beliefs that think that people are really less than? I mean, is, <laughs> of course, there's no no scientific data that would suggest that at all. But why is it over and over again, regardless of what area we look at, whether it's prison system, whether we're talking about um, uh, the banking system, whether we're talking about, you know, health care, whether we're talking about education, whether we're talking about, um, you know, uh, home ownership, whether we're talking where when you see consistency across the board, do you not believe in, in that there is something there is a thread or a consciousness that threads all of that thinking, or is it just random? It just happens to be that way. I think not, um, particularly when we can point at a constitution 
um, that clearly uh, from the very beginning, uh, when we look at redlining from the very beginning, when we look at voting rights or not from the very beginning, uh, you know, again, so I think that in a nutshell, you know, the whole idea of CRT is just a container for us to acknowledge this systemic, again, applying a rationalization or a theory to these facts, right? So again, that, that's about as, as, as good as it gets as far as the, how far I can take that conversation, but it is an interesting conversation. And I don't think, I think the only thing about the depth of the conversation is our unwillingness to accept the facts in the first place. But other than that, I think it's pretty simple as pie. It was methodical and it is methodical, um, you know, and still to this day, it's still operating on those same sensibilities. Would you agree? Yeah, of course. You know, so, um, yeah. Well, Dixon, we're coming at coming up to the end of this year program. And I just want to back up now and get your take and, and any last thoughts or words that you may have. Uh, we got about, you know, about two minutes and or about one minute and 30 seconds for you to uh, share something with us. So any final thoughts about where, how we move forward or just something you feel like we need to say? No, the only thing I want to say is that um, it's really important, right? It's a really important time in America right now for us to fight for CRT to be taught. And that I, I believe it's really, really important. I think it's a lot more important than people realize. There's a real opportunity here to change some, some hearts and minds and to actually make a little bit of progress. So I really believe we got to fight for this, you know, as activists and and people that want to make a di and dismantle, you know, white supremacy. I think this is a, a key, a key to doing it yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I, and I can't wait to lose the label of CRT and it just be called American history. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. the, the bottom line, the real damn deal, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's what we need more than anything else is truth because as you know, the Bible states, the truth will set you free. And we yeah, certainly and, need to be free. And, 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 you know, if you're scared of the truth, then you're alive. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Literally. I mean, if you can't live in the truth, what are you scared of? And people are scared of anti-racism because they're racist. Yep. You got it. I hate so to say it, but it's true. It is true. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Dick. Thank you for Thanks, spending Bill. your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.